are you doing? As you know, we're already running a series, or we've been running a series for the past three weeks on the steps, the four quick steps to healing, the four quick steps to achieving forgiveness. Hallelujah. So this third stage is a stage where you now W-O-R-K, walk in line with the action of faith that you took at the beginning to forgive. And what are these corresponding actions of faith as regards forgiveness? The corresponding actions of faith as regards forgiveness is that since you have forgiven, show it. Because it becomes contradictory to say that I have forgiven somebody, but I'm not showing it. Remember, the Bible says the righteous person, the just person shall live by faith. And faith, as you know, is the substance of things that you hope for. You don't have it yet, but you hope for it. It is the evidence of things not seen. So this, this is how you rebuild that wound, that hurt, that pain that that person caused you doing these four things. I want to repeat it again. No way I'm repeating it so you won't forget it. Number one, do what? Good. Love. Number two, good. Do good. Goodness. Number three, good. Bless them. Then number four, number four, pray for them. Pray for them. That is the instruction. That is the instruction. This is how you do what? Rebuild the wound. This third part is so, so, so important. A lot of people struggle with forgiving people. A lot of people struggle with, you know, letting go of that pain, that hurt, because they have not put their faith to work. It's like, I'll forgive it, but I still, uh. Yes, like I told you the last time, I'll never tell you it's easy. I'll never tell you that you're going to be relieved of the pain. But what I'm going to tell you is that the pain will go quickly if you put these four steps to work. That is what I am going to give you. And that is, and that is, and that is the, when I say the, the guarantee I'm going to give you because God's word never fails. I can guarantee that if you put these four steps to work, you will heal quickly. Now I'm going to read the next verse after that. And the Bible says, to him who strikes you on the cheek, offer the order also. <laughs> so offer it. They strike you here, offer this one. Make it available to them. It sounds funny. But yeah, make it available. And that's exactly what Jesus did when he was being scorched. They offer it to them. He now said, and from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Verse 13. Say, give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, also do to them likewise. Now, see the part I love about all of this. This is what differentiates us from unbelievers. Verse 31. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? <laughs> if you love those that love you, what has he added to you? What credit is that to you? This is what Jesus is saying. He said, why? 
the unbelievers, the sinners, love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So you're saying that if you are waiting for them to come and apologize to you and then you now apologize, well, how different are you then from unbelievers? Then we are the same. Because that's what they will say. They say, I won't forgive till he comes to apologize. He has to come and apologize. Then I will consider it. What difference? How different are we from unbelievers? If you love those who love you, remember the love Jesus commanded us to love our enemies is not a love with conditions. So if they ask for forgiveness, if they apologize, then I will find somewhere in my heart to forgive them. That is conditional love. The agape love, the love of God that has been shed abroad in our heart is unconditional. And this is the piece the point Jesus is trying to make here. Because we have the unconditional love, we should not seek for them to do something for us to respond with our forgiveness. We should not seek for them to do something for us to respond likewise. No. No matter what they are doing, even if they are doing the opposite, they are still smacking us, they are still speaking against us, they are still backbiting <laughs> with our names, they are still painting us blue-black, they are still slandering us. Whilst they are still doing all of those things, love them. Pray for them. Bless them. <laughs> do good to them. This is what differentiates us. This is the differentiating factor between us and unbelievers. And this is what you need to do at this third stage to repair the wound. Your wound will not heal till repair commences. And this is how you repair your wound. Hallelujah. He now said, and if you learn to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners learn to sinners to receive as much back. But he now said, the next verse 35, but love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Love them. Do good to them. Even if they refuse to forgive you. I'm going to tell you a story. You know, when I was in the bank, and don't do this if you're a banker, and it's one of the mistakes I made as a banker. You know, we, we had some of this customer. He worked in an oil company, and he goes to the rig offshore for weeks, sometimes months, then comes home, stays a bit, and is off. So they pay them a whole lot whenever they are um, on site, they are offshore, as they call it then. So he came to me and said, see, I have a lot of money and yes, I put them in fixed deposit. The interest is not as, uh, as much as I would want. If you have a customer that needs money, maybe to fund an invoice or an LPO, let me know. I can lend him off the bank records and all that, and he will pay me interest, you know. And this is off the bank books. So I said, fine. I connected both of them, but I was a middleman. He said, see, I don't need to see the man. I don't need to do this. I'm offshore. I'm always not around. I don't need to see the man. So you handle everything. So long story short, I got one of my other customers that was a contractor to an oil firm to um, avail himself of these funds. And they agreed and all that. So we released the funds to them. 
Now see what happened. This guy that took the funds to fund his contract got paid and just disappeared. I couldn't reach him on the phone. I couldn't do anything. He disappeared. <laughs> I know I, I told my boys this story recently because um, we were reading Proverbs and there's a place we read where the Bible says, do not be a shorty for people. I mean, it's wisdom not to do that. So I was being foolish and I'm going to be honest with you by doing that. So the guy disappeared. Now, this guy that lent the money wants his money back. I can't find the man that took the money. He's gone. So because I was the middleman, I had to take the weight of that credit on me. Long story short, it took me a long time to pay that money because I'm a banker, I'm a salaried person. I'm talking about millions here. It took me a long time to pay that money and this guy was so mad with me because somewhere in the back of his mind, I stole his money. One penny, pence of that money, I never saw. The guy that even took the money never even said thank you for helping, helping arrange this. I didn't see one cobble, one pence. I just arranged two people. Being, because I just like, oh my, do both of them are my customers. I just wanted to make them happy. Because this guy wanted to get the credit from the bank. He was denied the credit. I was like, fine, we can arrange this. Big mistake. Don't do that. I've learned my lesson. So see why I, I tell the story. Now this happened, I think, 2007, six, seven-ish, in around that time. Do you know this happened in, in the south part of Nigeria, called Portaco, when I was in Portaco. Then I was transferred in church to another city in Lagos, hundreds of miles away, hundreds upon hundreds of miles away, and I think about 400 miles away. And I was there pastoring. One Sunday I finished ministry and I was going home after canceling and doing all of that. Do you know who I saw outside the hotel where we, we are holding our church services? Was this guy, that the, the, the guy that lent that money to the, the, the other customer that I ran out. Remember, he was so upset with me because he thought I probably stole the money or I used the money for myself. Do you know I saw him as I was walking out? I'm like, hey, hello, I wanted to greet him. By this time, I've, I've paid his money over 10 years ago. You know, this is like 10 years after. I wanted to greet him and say hello to him. Do you know he was still as mad and as furious as he was 10 years ago. Ah. And I was a bit amazed. I was like, I paid you your money, money I didn't steal, money I didn't touch, but in good faith, because I'm a Christian, because there's even if there's something I I hold dear is my name. I protect my name. So I paid that guy his money 10 years ago. But he was still as mad as he was. 10 years before, you were like, you know, those raining curses and abuses on me. I just walked past him gingerly, quietly. And I thought about it, like, wow, the man is still mad. And I don't blame him. He's not a Christian. He doesn't have the, 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 the love of God <laughs> shared abroad in his heart by the Holy Spirit. So he was still furious, bitter. And I'm like, wow, wow, wow. You know, and that taught me a lesson. You know, I really learned from that lesson. And so should we all learn from that lesson. Hallelujah. Beloved your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High God. 
And I paused. When I read this verse, I was like, hmm. When you do all of this, when you show love without expecting anything in return, Jesus speaking said, you will be the son. You will be sons of the Most High God. So I thought about it. I was like, wow. There's a difference between being a child of God and being a son of God. There's a huge difference. A son has attained a, a position of responsibility. A son is not a child. When you get saved, you become a child of God. But God expects us to grow, not just to remain children, but he wants us to grow. And one of the signs that you've grown in faith is not that your tongues are not, is now thick. And maybe when you pray, you pray with bass in your voice. No. What shows that you've grown is that you are becoming more like Christ. You remember what the Bible says that the role of the fivefold ministry is to edify the church and bring God's people to a place of maturity. They should grow, he says, to the full stature of Christ. A place of maturity. And when you start walking in agape love, doing, obeying God's instruction without expecting anything back or in return, you are becoming a son in the house. You are becoming a son. So when somebody hurts you and you forgive, Yes, the person hasn't come to apologize. Yes, the person has not even shown remorse. Yes, the person is still doing that thing that hurts you. And you choose to forgive. You are becoming mature. Then, you'll be a son of God. Order You Must Forgive ebook right now on Amazon for Kindle, Apple Books and PastorObi.com. The paperback book is available on Amazon. You can listen to the audiobook on Audible and PastorObi.com. Pastor Obi will love to hear from you. Subscribe to his blog at www.pastorobi.com. Search for Pastor C. Obi on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.